Loving Heavenly Father, we thank you for your love, so amazing, so divine. The love that has brought us here, one together, but also as individuals. Lord, we thank you for the way that we have been through this day and you have been with us. We pray for those who have especially needed to know that for themselves this day. And Father God, however we are feeling this evening, Lord, we thank you that right here and right now you still are with us and that you will not stop being with us through this evening, overnight and into the next day because Lord, you have promised never to leave us or to forsake us and for that we are truly thankful. Father God, as we share tonight in the supper that your son shared with his disciples, Lord, help us to get a glimpse of your glory and your majesty, as well as being reminded of your love. For we ask this in your name. Amen. Amen. And so we are here in a prayer to give a prayer of confession and restoration. And again, I invite you to respond with the words in bold when they appear. We gather in God's name. We claim Christ's promised presence. My brothers and sisters, not out of dread and fear, but believing that God is faithful to forgive let us rid ourselves of what we need to carry no longer. Forgive us and help us our plea for mercy. Hear now the words of Jesus for all who are truly sorry and seek to renew their lives. Your sins, our sins are forgiven. So we can go in peace and follow him. So lead us now, O oh God to acknowledge your costly generosity by living as forgiven people until heaven and earth rejoice and the whole earth cries glory through Christ our Lord. Amen. And we're going to have our reading for this evening and Bernd is going to come in and read from Isaiah 53. Isaiah 53 verses 1 to 7. Who has believed our message and to whom has the arm of the Lord been revealed? He grew up before him like a tender shoot and like a root out of dry ground. He has no beauty or majesty to attract us to him. Nothing in his appearance that we should desire him. He was despised and rejected by men, a man of sorrows, and familiar with suffering, like one from whom men would hide their faces. He was despised and we esteemed him not. Surely he took up our infirmities and carried our sorrows. Yet we considered him stricken by God, smitten by him and afflicted. He was pierced for, for our transgressions, he was crushed for our iniquities. The punishment that brought us peace was upon him, and his wounds we are healed. We all like sheep have gone astray. Each of us has turned to, our, to his own way, and the Lord has laid on him the iniquity of us all. He was oppressed and afflicted, 
yet he did not open his mouth. He was led like a lamb to the slaughter, and the sheep before his shearers silent. So he did not open his mouth. Thank you, Grant. Those are words, aren't they, that actually are quite familiar to us, but actually we can often skip over them without realizing the depth of what lay behind those words from Isaiah. There were words like despised, rejected, a man of suffering. He was held in low esteem. There was nothing to attract us to him. These are all really powerful words that talk about our Lord and our Savior, but they're all negative. A real depth of emotion in that passage. And yet, when we read that passage or when we see them in our songs that we will sing, Actually, so often we skip past them and just focus on what the outcome was for us, on the praising and the rejoicing. Some of us will have uh, recognized that that phrase, led like a lamb to the slaughter, that phrase from the Graham Kendrick song, which talks about going led led like a lamb to the slaughter in silence and shame. There on your back you carried a world of violence and pain, Bleeding, dying, bleeding, dying. But we so often then move on to the refrain that is so often repeated in the song. He's alive, he's alive, he has risen. Hallelujah. And the power and the glory is given. Hallelujah. And yes, all of that is true. But we somehow move past the cost that it was to Jesus. Another phrase in there, man of sorrows, what a name. For the son of God who came ruined sinners to reclaim. But again, we would be more familiar with the phrase and the refrain, hallelujah, what a saviour. And it's almost as if we want to move as fast as we can from that pain and from that anguish Because we don't want to dwell there because it leaves us uncomfortable and we know it would have been uncomfortable for Jesus. We want to focus on the outcome for us, on our freedom, on our being saved, on our being restored. Because those words like despised and afflicted leave us in an uncomfortable place. Many of us, if we've been coming to a Baptist church for many years, will be familiar with our way of doing communion. But I do wonder if sometimes we miss out on the symbolism that we can find within other denominations. 
a number of years ago, Ian and I and the family celebrated Easter Sunday in York Cathedral uh, with Archbishop John Sentamu presiding over the service. And we, along with the many other worshippers there, were sprinkled with a rosemary water. He took such delight at doing that. And uh, we, with other worshippers, went up and took communion on Easter Sunday. It was a very different style of service, a very different format of service than we are often used to. When I was younger at primary school, I attended a Church of England school, and there would be every week a communion service where a hundred or so young people would be stood in the hall reading from the, uh, the, the, the service book as it was then, really many of us having very little idea as to what it was that we were saying or doing and not really understanding those words that we find within it, the cost of Jesus' death on the cross. And as I began to think about other ways that I had celebrated uh, communion in other denominations, I was reminded of being in a little village church in uh, Lincolnshire, where uh, for a period of time on an Easter Sunday, we would go up and be with our family who were up there in Lincolnshire. I, mean, I would be sharing uh, Easter Sunday service in, in that Church of England church in that little village. Do you know, the focus for me at that time was the fact I was with my cousins and with my family and not on what it was that Jesus had done for us. That's why I find it such a privilege on this, the third Sunday of our month, to spend a bit longer thinking about what it is that we do when we share the bread and the cup. But sometimes we almost need to be taken out of our comfort zone and to focus in on that reality. You can show the picture for me, Sam, that would be really helpful. I was um, with my previous church on an away day, a leadership team. We'd gone on a away day, and we were using a room in an Anglican convent uh, for the day. And the sisters there invited us to take communion with them in their little chapel. And the priest was, uh, you can't see the whole of the priest, but he was similarly dressed uh, in that way. And uh, you can turn it off now. Thank you, Sam. And the chapel was surrounded with all sorts of um, images and stained glass that just isn't familiar to us. And uh, I'm not sure that obviously the sisters were there in their full habits and the priest was there in his full gowns and we were there in our comfy, casual clothes. And the priest and the sisters were so gracious to us. It was clear that most of us didn't have a clue where they were going in their service book. We hadn't got a clue on when we were supposed to stand or kneel or do anything else, but they were so gracious and so humbling in the way that they enabled us to join in with them. And then came the moment of communion itself, which actually, for most of us, we felt quite comfortable with because it represented something that we understood. But it was actually in that act of communion, having felt quite uncomfortable, not really knowing where I was going up until then, that actually there was a moment of realization that struck me and has remained with me. And every time we get to a third evening in the month, reminds me of that moment. Because actually it's quite hard to explain. There was a reverence 
there was such a respectful way that the priests and the sisters responded when they touched the plate and the bread and had the cup. There was a care and a humility that I don't think I'd ever experienced in that way ever before. It was quite simply beautiful. Now, of course, I realized actually for them, what they were doing after their bread and the wine had been blessed, they were treating it as if it was Jesus' body. It was Jesus' blood. That's why they don't leave any bread or cup left at the end of that communion service. But for me, at that moment in time, having been out of my comfort zone, having watched and experienced that communion in a very different setting to the one that I experienced it normally, I found it refreshing, I found it wondrous, and I felt as if I'd somehow glimpsed a, an insight into God and his holiness and his majesty that I'd never seen before. And it moved me in a way I just didn't expect. Now, please don't get me wrong. I am more than happy taking communion in the way that we normally take it. I have no problem with that at all. But somehow, being out of our comfort zone, focusing in in a different way, can just give us an insight. A bit like when we looked at this passage from Isaiah, when we think about the words in more detail, it reminds us of just what God has done for us. And so I'm going to read the same passage, or part of the same passage that Burns just read to us. And this time I'm going to read it from the message. Because it's not a passage that necessarily we would be so familiar with. And it says this from Isaiah 53. The fact is, it was our pains Jesus carried, our disfigurements, all the things wrong with us. We thought Jesus brought it on himself, that God was punishing him for his own failures. But it was our sins that did that to him, that ripped and tore and crushed him, our sins. He took our punishment and that made us whole. Through his bruises, we are healed. Jesus chose to leave the splendor of heaven, to suffer all of that out of God's love for us. And maybe when we are sharing the bread and the cup later in the service tonight, using unfamiliar words as we do so, maybe in our service tonight we'll get a glimpse of God's majesty and his splendor, as well as his love and his sacrifice. We can always give thanks to Jesus for what it cost him, but also to know that we are welcome to share in this meal and to celebrate the new life that came as a result. But let's not rush and do that without recognizing the cost that was there. And so we have an invitation, and again, there'll be some words coming onto the screen, and I invite you to respond in bold. The invitation is for us. The table of bread and wine is now to be made ready. 
And so come to this table, you who have much faith, and you who would like to have more. You who have been here often, and you who have not been here for a while. You who have tried to follow Jesus, and you who have failed. Come. It is Christ who invites us to meet him here. And so we pray together. Loving God, through your goodness, we have this bread and wine to offer, which earth has given and human hands have made. May we know your presence in the sharing of this bread, so that we may know your touch in all bread, all matter. We celebrate the life that Jesus has shared among his community through the centuries and shares with us now. Made one in Christ and one with each other, we offer these gifts and wish them ourselves, a single, holy, living sacrifice. Amen. The Lord be with you also with you. Lift up your hearts. We lift them to the Lord. Let us give thanks to the Lord our God. It is right to give our thanks and praise. And so we offer you our praise, dear God, and hearts lifted high, for in the communion of your love, Christ comes close to us, and we come close to Christ. Therefore, with the whole realm of nature around us, with earth and sea and sky, we sing to you. With the angels of light, with the angels of light who envelop us, with all the saints before and beside us, with brothers and sisters east and west, we sing to you. Holy, hold on, holy, holy, holy Lord, God of power and might, heaven and earth are full of your glory. Blessed is the one who comes in the name of the Lord. Hosanna in the highest. Before we share, we're going to listen to a song which is called How Great the Chasm. And maybe as we listen and prepare our hearts, we'll recognize again through the words of this song just what Jesus has done for us. Thank you, Sam. A song that talks about the chasm that lay between us and God that we couldn't get through but who because of the God of ages stepping down came and bore all that pain and that agony out of his love for us and yes he did give us a living hope because of what he did returning to the slides On the night of his arrest, Jesus took bread, and having blessed it, he broke the bread and gave it to his disciples, saying, This is my body given to you. And in the same way, he took the wine, and having given thanks for it, he poured it out and gave the cup to his disciples, saying, This cup is the new relationship with God, sealed with my blood. Take this and share it. And so we say together, with people everywhere, 
we affirm God's goodness at the heart of humanity, planted more deeply than all that is wrong, the gifts of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Jesus' body broken for us. Haley's going to bring it round. If I can ask you to please hold out your hands and Haley will put the bread into it. And I invite you to take it and eat it as you receive it. And then she's going to come and bring the cup around. And I ask you just hold on to that so that we can drink together. Jesus died for us individually, but he also died for us as his family worldwide. And so we will drink together to symbolize that. And just to assure you, it is uh, bread that is suitable for people who are gluten-free or dairy-free and egg-free. So please take, eat, and be thankful. I'm going to reread those words from the message. The fact is, it was our pains Jesus carried. Our disfigurements for all the things wrong with us. He thought Jesus brought it on himself, that God was punishing him for his own failures, but it was our sins that did that to him, that ripped and tore and crushed him. Our sins. He took our punishment, and that made us whole. Through his bruises, we get healed. And so, Father God, we thank you that we have indeed been healed, that we have indeed been restored, that we have indeed got that opportunity to come afresh to you. Lord, we thank you for this broken body and your poured out blood that was the cost of you going to that table. But Lord, that because we've been able to share in that meal with you, with one another, we can indeed give you thanks and praise for all that you have done for us. We thank you that when you were still, we were still far off, you met us in the life and the death and the resurrection of your son and brought us home. So help keep us strong and firm in the hope that you have set before us so we and the whole of earth can live to praise your name. Amen. Amen. We're going to sing again, and it's going to lead us into a time of prayer, and Haley will come round and collect the cups as we sing. We're going to sing, What a Friend We Have in Jesus. Please take your seats. And so we take our prayers of, inter our prayers of intercession for ourselves and for our world to our friend who wants to know. Let us pray. And so, Father God, we do indeed thank you again for all that you have done for us. And Lord, we thank you that you are the God of all. You are the God of heaven and of earth. That, Lord, you are Lord of that heaven and of earth. And Lord, as we think about the world in which we live, we do just bring before you the people of Tonga, whose world has seemingly just been swept away by all that has happened. Father God, we cannot begin to imagine what that must feel like. But Lord, we thank you that you are there in their midst. 
Father God, be close to them, we pray. We pray for those who are seeking to support and to help. Lord, we lift that country before you. And we pray for your peace and your strength and your comfort and your presence. Lord, we pray too for those around our world who are suffering from COVID in all its forms and its strengths, but also from the impact of COVID. Lord, we do pray for those who are ill, for those who are recovering, for those who are suffering because they are working extra hours, having to do without, maybe without even seeing their family, because they're seeking to care for others. Lord, we thank you for all of those who are seeking to be all that is needed. We thank you again for the scientists and for the booster and for the vaccine. But Lord, we recognize that so many in our world have not received a single injection yet. And so, Lord, we pray for our world as that program is still to be rolled out. Lord, we have benefited. Pray for those who are still waiting, we pray. And Lord, we pray for those in our social care and our hospital settings. Lord, we just lift them up especially before you two again tonight. It's tough. But Lord, we thank you that you walk those wards with the doctors and nurses and the medical staff and the healthcare workers and the care workers in all their guises and roles that they hold. Lord, may they, through their hands and their care, enable those who are suffering and struggling to know that you are with them, we pray. And we pray too for those who we know in our own fellowship who are struggling. We pray for those who are on the notice sheet, but also for those who we know ourselves and in the quiet right now we just bring them to you and Lord in that quiet we also bring Florence following Wesley's home call to glory a few days ago for Hannah as her granddad has also gone home today we pray for those who are also mourning following the home call of both Ron, Joyce and Ken Curtis. We pray for each member of the family and the friends and all those who have been impacted by their passing. And for those who continue to be affected by losing loved ones at this time and in recent times. Lord, there are a number of anniversaries this month. Lord, be with each and every member of those families too who have been impacted by losing their loved ones. And Father God, we just pray for all that is heavy in our heart. Lord, we sometimes don't always know how to pray or what to pray but we know that you know those things that we hold dear our families our friends 
our town, our country, our home, countries, our world. And we thank you that it is to each one of those situations we can come to you and ask that, Lord, you and your light will shine bright in a world that is dark and divided and is hurting. Lord, in the way that we have shared in the bread and the cup, we know that you seek to cross between that chasm to bring us all home to you. And Lord, there are many yet who do not know you. And so we pray for our mission workers and those Christian organizations and those charities who seek to make you known in the dark places of our world. Lord, help them to stay strong with their eyes fixed on you. And we ask all these things in and through the precious name of your son, Jesus, whose death on that cross we have remembered tonight. Amen. Amen. And so we have the opportunity to, as our evening draws to a close, to respond once again with the words in bold. Living God, in this sacrament that we have shared in your eternal kingdom, may we who taste this mystery forever serve you in faith and hope and love. Because we ask this in the name of Jesus Christ, the Lord. Amen. We say together, glory to God, whose power working in us can do infinitely more than we can ask or imagine. Glory to God from generation to generation in the church and in Christ Jesus forever and ever. Amen. As the words of our final song reminds us, it's not through our own power, but it's through the power of Christ in us. I invite you to stand if you're able once again.